Welcome to SPAC Island. This is Stanley and Alex. We're two Silicon Valley tech product managers who love stock investing and have jumped on board the SPAC boat. Join us on our journey to find the diamonds in the rough. But please, always do your own research before trading. This is not financial advice. All right, Alex, I've got a cool company that I want to talk to you about today. Uh, Nextdoor, a startup uh, that's been around for a while, has recently announced they are going public via SPAC. Nextdoor is a social network that is focused on connecting people within their neighborhoods. So if you live in America and you live in a you know urban or suburban place, You know, there's a lot of networks for just connecting people in general, but not really something that gets into your neighborhood or your subdivision. And Nextdoor is the answer to that. You know, I think it'd be really interesting for us to dig into maybe if they're a good buy and if they can compete with the litany of other social networking apps that are out there today. Yeah, let's uh, let's dive into some of their kind of revenue numbers and and their story. So they started back in uh, 2009 on this whole mission of connecting neighbors so that you can talk with your neighbors um, and get connected with them, help from them, different services from them. And now it's, it's grown, their product has grown pretty substantially to have a type of um, almost like a, a Craigslist kind of feature where you can buy certain items like furniture and electronics. You can buy different services. So lawn care, uh, babysitting, if there's some random teenager who can do anything, walk your dog, clean your house, whatever you need. You can find them on Nextdoor. So it's become more than just a communication app. It's become a place to get services, to buy items, to uh, solve crimes, to do just about anything that you would want from your neighbors and with your neighbors. Looking at some of their numbers, so they've grown, especially in the US and UK, they have around 48 million uh, households that are using it and uh, over 60 million actual neighbors, and then they have incredibly 27 million weekly active users, which is just kind of mind-boggling. I think for a little context, most of us are using like Facebook or Messenger or any of these other social media apps, but we don't really think about, didn't even realize that this was uh, was doing so well and had such incredible retention numbers for something that I'd never heard of. So Nextdoor is just really killing it on the uh, older demographic who are pretty highly engaged now, one double click on these engagement numbers, uh, those in- very impressive engagement numbers that you pointed out are calculated based on um, a very low, easy to pass threshold for what qualifies as engagement, which is you just have to open an email and that means you count as an engaged user. So whereas I think the industry standard is more like engaging uh, in the actual Nextdoor app or website. Um, they're taking a more liberal way of looking at engagement, which uh, might be okay, given the fact that, as you pointed out, these are maybe older demographic uh, users for the most part. So maybe engaging on email is like a solid level of engagement. But if we look uh, apples to apples, I feel like it is on the more liberal side. So we got to keep that into account. Yeah, I see that, uh, that kind of uh, asterisk in their deck. Um, are you thinking that it means that they just looked at an email or do you think it means that they uh, engaged on an email? 
I think they, well, I think the asterisk says that they opened the email. So they sent an email to a person. Yeah. I they mean, opened it, it and, you know, presumably loaded images to, to hit the server. Yeah. Um, it says, it yeah. says opened a content email. So yeah, I think uh, mm-hmm. all they're looking at is if someone, I mean, that's so somewhat it's impressive. It's not nothing. But, yeah. It's, it it's technically not nothing, is engaging it, with their brand. I thought people were actually, they saw a notification and would click in every morning. So that is uh, not quite what I was expecting. Uh, so I think, yeah, good, good call out there uh, that they're kind of inflating these numbers. It'd be good if they gave the actual ones because I, I do actually think they have pretty remarkable engagement just on the app itself. And I'd love to mm-hmm. see if they broke that out. But obviously, they're trying to get investor dollars here. So um, yeah, yeah. it's not really in their interest right now. At a macro level, Nextdoor can have a very good position in the market. So like in terms of building actual communities that can last and are not going to like tear people apart and get people polarized because I think that's a big critique of a lot of social networks these days, especially the big ones. I think where the polarization comes from in these bigger platforms is the fact that people don't really know each other or have nothing in common and feel comfortable bashing on each other or having really disrespectful things to say to each other or just like the general kind of degree of separation between a lot of people on social media these days, I think creates an environment with a lot of bad behavior. And I think something like Nextdoor, where presumably this person actually lives maybe down the street from you, you may not know them, you know, on an intimate level, but you have the idea that you are somehow connected to them in a physical way, I think is actually a more better of a model. Yep. Yeah. I think, uh, I think they did have some, I mean, I remember seeing some, some articles uh, back a year ago during the whole Black Lives Matter movement in the summertime about how people were finding out that their neighbors are racist. But I think, uh, I don't know if it's just media hype, because you can literally see the name and the street that all of your neighbors live on um, in the directory feature. So I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that there's some bad apples, but I think relative to normal social media, I, I assume that, yeah, it's a lot safer. It's a lot uh, cleaner of a platform to, to engage on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all platforms have their problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, th- I just think that the setting and kind of the expectations on this particular platform, given the physical kind of community nature of the platform kind of, you know, makes people a little bit nicer, a little bit like uh, more empathizing. Yeah, I totally agree. I think one of the things that was also kind of trending in the news regarding Nextdoor was around how people were trying to solve crimes together. So they were sharing all of the ring feeds. So when someone Mm. stole a package or anything like that, they would share the feed, uh, share the video with each other, and then they would all comment on it. So, yeah, I think it's a lot more, you know, more collaborative. I think, I mean, that's what kind of grabs the headlines, but just looking at it in my neighborhood, uh, in preparation for this podcast, I essentially saw a lot of people asking for babysitters, for lawn care, for uh, good food recommendations. So just kind of what you'd expect to ask the people who live in the same area as you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the way that you got onto the platform versus how I got into the platform is maybe indicative of the type of users that are on the platform uh, next door. So for me, I got in when I, you know, bought my place and decided that, you know, I was going to live in my city for an extended amount of time in contrast to others that might be, you know, living here for work and then decide that their career might take them somewhere else. So I've kind of made a conscious career and financial decision to stay in one place. 
And so at that point, I was like, okay, well, I I should probably know, uh, be like abreast of the goings on in my community and like understand, you know, if there are things happening that I should know about or like, you know, be able to engage with community members in that way. Um, so that's when I downloaded it. Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a great point because I only downloaded it for the purposes of research uh, right. regarding the stock. But uh, yeah, I think it looks like a lot of older folks, uh, homeowners, uh, parents are on there. So a lot, a much uh, different demographic than you might see on your typical social media. I think actually in the slide deck, they had a uh, kind of interesting slide where they compared what apps that their users used recently. So which social media apps? And so in the last week, I think 80, they said 82% of their users had not used Snap. Um, and Snap is most like Snapchat's mostly a younger demographic. So typically under mm-hmm. 24 year old, 24 yeah. years old. I mean, in that case, then I would assume that most people would have used uh, Facebook, right? Because mm-hmm. yep. Facebook is kind of the antithesis in terms of demographic these days. Yep. No, that's exactly where... right. I think they had. Uh, it's like twenty seven percent had not used either Messenger or Facebook in the last week. Yeah. So that means that uh, what sixty three percent or seventy three percent had used uh, Facebook. So the the majority. You know, I think that that is a nice position in the market to be because for younger people, I think there are a lot more apps catered to draw their attention. But in the older demographics, you really don't have that many products you know, vying for the attention of people who are older. No, I think that's a great point. Also, their um, average revenue per user, their ARPU is like almost, uh, almost uh, it was like four sixty, $4.50, $4.50 mm. uh, per user. So uh, it's, I don't have a good comparison for like Facebook or Snap, but my feeling is that's a bit higher just because they have an older demographic who has uh, more money that they can spend. Now, uh, I think we also should call out the leadership at Nextdoor. Um, now, Alex, are you familiar with the CEO, Sarah Fryer? Nope. Okay. I think this is pretty cool. Um, I mean, I know that I care more about the kind of leadership, talent, and all that a little bit more than you do, but I think Sarah Fryer is a very interesting leader because prior to Nextdoor, she worked at Square, the payments company, uh, like mm-hmm. the POS for small business merchants. And she was widely known as a really fantastic leader at Square. You know, Jack Dorsey, obviously the, you know, big visionary figurehead co-founder, but really relied on Sarah, from what I hear, to help like actually run the operations and, and you know, drive execution. So the fact that they next door, um, presumably the board members are able to poach Sarah uh, to work at Nextdoor, I think is a big kind of a boost in my head in terms of being able to run a strong company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's super interesting. Yeah, I hadn't, uh, I saw her speak a couple of times, but uh, didn't know the backstory of how she got there. So that helps provide a lot of context. I think also because it is a SPAC, I think it's um, interesting to point out that Vinod Kosla, who's well known um, in the Silicon Valley as an investor and then as the co founder of Sun, is. Um, it's his back that they're combining with, uh, so he also brings mm-hmm. a lot of clout to the yeah, to the merger. Yeah, yeah. and I uh, I was listening to another podcast talk about uh, this back, and they made the point that Kosla Ventures actually was not one of the earlier investors. Like they were not on the cap table. Cap table being, uh, you know, the table that 
records who has what equity stakes in in this company. Uh, so Kalsala Ventures did not have an equity stake in Nextdoor prior to this uh, this spec. So I think that's really interesting because you when you have a venture capital company and a vehicle for taking companies public, I would have assumed that you would want to take your own companies public. But the alternative, I guess, is to get in on the last boat before a company actually goes public. So kind of like taking the fidelity approach or um, you know just any one of those big institutional investors that kind of like gets in like a huge round right before a company IPO. So I think uh, Kosla is kind of doing the same thing. Yeah, it's definitely uh, not something I would expect, but um, good for him. I mean, it, I think it helps give a lot of uh, credibility to this to the SPAC, especially kind mm-hmm. of in a time when SPACs are uh, losing a little bit of credibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you think about the, the company overall um, in terms of assessing it you for know, investment? I think it's worth talking about their business model. I think that what's really interesting is they are the most Craigslist company to date. Like over the last 10, you know, ever since Craigslist became a thing, you know, became this like very simple to use, sometimes sketchy, but, you know, actually surprisingly unsketchy platform for people to buy, sell, uh, make offers, make requests for things. I think there have always been companies that are trying to take what Craigslist offers and package it into like a nicer way and uh, bring some kind of like higher quality experiences. So one existing, one previous example would be like Airbnb, right? So like, Mm -hmm. I think in Craigslist, you used to be able to like list, you know, um, or actually you still can list places to stay. Sometimes people couch surfing um, when it was more of an underground thing would list it on Craigslist. And that eventually became a billion dollar opportunity for Airbnb. I think now Nextdoor not only has the social uh, network aspect, but there's also things like placing ads for businesses and, uh, you know, listing, you know, things that you want to sell, like a garage sale type thing on your own platform that normally could go on a Craigslist, but now it also appears in Nextdoor and it feels much more above board and not sketchy because you know that all of the people on Nextdoor are like verified to actually live in your community, mm-hmm. presumably. So um, it's one of the, it's another one of those like taking Craigslist, but then like making it look nicer. Yep. And then using that to yeah to to actually monetize. So I think it's an interesting business. It's an interesting space with an interesting business model. It's like I would buy into it almost just because they have a very unique user base with a very unique value proposition kind of centered around this older ecosystem or like people who actually like are engaged within a community because not a lot of other platforms can claim that. The the issue I have it, with it is I think advertising businesses in general are just going to be harder and harder to run going into the future. So unless they do more specific tie-ins at a community level, so like if a local restaurant wants to give a deal and they want to specifically um, target people within their community and engage in that way or like hold some event, I think that would be cool. I think if Nextdoor had some meetup type of product where you know you could find uh, meetups within your own community or like venture out to a neighboring community to do things i feel like that would be an interesting business model and then like 
you know, have the same model as Meetup. I think that would be cool. I just think the traditional ad model is somewhat um, difficult to to run in like 2021. Yeah, it's definitely getting encroached upon by all of the platform owners. I think, uh, but I do think there is the ability for them to add. I mean, it's not on the roadmap. It's not something I don't think they're thinking about, but I do think that subscriptions to the app would be something that people would be willing to pay just based off of just how loyal people seem to this platform. Um, I mean, if you asked me this a few days ago before doing the research, I, I wouldn't have even thought that a subscription to like your neighborhood conversation would be something that people would care about. But after looking at this, I do think that there are many alternatives that they could use. Um, but I, I am also pretty impressed with their how much revenue they're able to get per user. I think um, these ads mm-hmm. are highly targeted, highly relevant, and um, mm-hmm. are probably, as far as I can tell, highly effective. I'd be interested to see what happens with, with advertising in general um, on app-based uh, advertising going forward. But I do think they have just a really loyal group of users and i think there's many ways they can generate money from them beyond just ads totally agree and it looks like they are thinking they'll grow in uh the 40 percent range uh in terms of revenue (laughs) year over year it is a spec so you know yeah yeah so yeah i was gonna call that out as uh i don't know if that's really realistic i mean they grew 49 percent in 2020 so that was their actual but yeah even so i don't know if that's their like long tail growth yeah, I mean, I do wonder how much of that's driven by COVID or if they, they think that maybe COVID uh, reduced their demand. I'm not not really too sure. I think uh, if there's more people moving into houses and we assume that there's a net increase in movement, I could see COVID potentially helping them. Um, mm-hmm. And then it, maybe as you have a bunch of people moving around again, as things kind of start opening back up, that mm-hmm. could help drive growth. But yeah, I think 44% is going to be a little, little tough, but it, it is, it is more conservative than a lot of SPACs uh, say. So I think it's at least more in the realm of possibility. My kind of uh, unspoken measure of whether a company is investable or not, at least as a SPAC, is do I feel like this company would have IPO'd anyway in a couple years? And I think Nextdoor would have IPO'd uh, in a few years, like if they grew a little bit more. So now I, I always believe in SPACs as kind of a late stage investment round. Like, do you want to get in on the like the series, whatever F or G of a company as a public investor before they actually get to that scale where they would normally have IPO'd? And I feel like, yeah, this, you know, there's a real company. It's not like some 3D render uh, or promotional video. There's like a real company with real revenue and real users of which I am one. Uh, so I think that this is an interesting thing to play. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I'll get in pre-merger like pre the ticker split or like pre like i feel like i still want to see more of this company and like see how they how they're fast they're growing but definitely super high my watch list yeah after doing all this research after this conversation i'm probably going to get in tomorrow morning so uh i'm just pretty excited about this uh this market in general i think it's something that a lot of advertisers are looking at um because right now it's really easy to target the younger folks but the younger folks don't I mean, they don't have any money. So if you're an advertiser, you're trying to go after the older folks. And that's why Facebook is making just such ludicrous amounts of money. But uh, mm-hmm. it's also saturated. So whenever you look at an opportunity like um, Pinterest has older users and then now Nextdoor, it potentially is much cheaper to target here than it is on Facebook and other platforms. 
And eventually it's going to become more competitive, but once it becomes more competitive, then they're going to be generating a lot more money. Um, so I do, I do see a, a lot of potential growth for their ad platform. And I think there's lots of other ways they can monetize besides just uh, newsfeed ads. I think um, like the subscriptions to kind of private channels, kind of maybe super user features, things like that. I think there's lots of other ways that they could, they could monetize their app. So uh, yeah, really excited about the ad platform, but also excited about just in general how loyal their users are. What do you think about defensibility against, let's say, a, a Facebook? Yeah, uh, fantastic question. Because <laughs> I think uh, I think in the U.S. and yeah, I think in the U.S. they have it on lock. Um, I just think that based off of just in my own neighborhood, and then anecdotally some of the videos I saw of uh, users, and then of just people talking about. Next door, and how often they use it, and then looking at the data, I just think they have it unlocked locally. I think the biggest growth area for them is going to be international, but that's also where Facebook is going to be able to outcompete them. I don't think Facebook's going to beat them in the U.S. So the question isn't really are they going to be able to are they going to erode? Are they going to lose revenue? I think the question is will they be able to continue growing, um, and will they be able to be a 10, 20, 30x investment uh, in the next five years here? Uh, I think that's going to be tough. I think there's going to be a lot of headwinds from competition, especially as Facebook is always looking for growth areas. I think my only kind of question is Nextdoor has been killing it for years. It's not like they came out of nowhere and decided IPO. Like They've had continual growth uh, and significant growth and significant media attention for um, at least three years now. So it, it's a little odd to me that Facebook hasn't been trying to directly compete. They have a product called Neighborhoods in Canada right now uh, that's already launched. Uh, Facebook does. Mm-hmm. So they are. Mm-hmm. They do have products in the market. They're not trying to compete on Nextdoor's home turf, uh, but I think it's going to be interesting to see how Facebook is able to expand that and how well that does. Um, I do think that Facebook has a lot less of an appetite to compete directly. Uh, I think they often release competitor products, but they don't necessarily continue marketing them and, to, and stick with them enough to make them a serious uh, competitor in the market. Yeah, and I think at this point, Facebook's probably not going to acquire somebody like Nextdoor. Yeah, I think that's either. also interesting. It's interesting that Nextdoor is able to fly under their Facebook radar for so long that they got too big. I mean, they're not too big. to They could absolutely be acquired at this point. And maybe that's the path forward for Facebook. Uh, maybe they want to acquire Nextdoor. But it is interesting that Facebook, as far as we know, I'm sure maybe there there's backdoor discussions we, don't, we, of course, don't know about. But... It, it could be that uh, that Facebook did try to acquire them, or they just were able to fly under the radar in this kind of micro community uh, way of spreading for so long that mm-hmm. Facebook just didn't notice it until it was um, too late to, to immediately acquire and better just to try to make a competing product. Okay. Looks like I'm in a holding pattern, and you are apparently going to buy tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pretty bullish. I guess in terms of headwinds, I just don't really see too many headwinds. I think if Facebook is somehow able to have a like a product that competes very well um it'll break a losing streak that they've had for a while now i think since mm. instagram i don't think they've had a hit so yeah i don't have too much faith in facebook being able to outcompete uh, nextdoor but i'm also not uh, too confident on nextdoor being able to expand in for instance south america or um asia i think uh, nextdoor's path of least resistance is going to probably be canada and europe and after that, they might stagnate. But still, I think at that point, they would have probably $500 million plus um, dollars of, of revenue. So that at least doubles the investment. 
or maybe triples, depending on what the multiples are at that point. All right. Sounds good, man. Yeah, super, super excited about Nextdoor. I think it's a really interesting company, and yeah, good, good choice. Awesome. Okay. Well, talk to you uh, next week. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening. Follow us at SPAC Island on Twitter for updates, to give us feedback on the show, and to tell us which SPACs to review next. Note, the opinions expressed are solely those of the hosts and not of any entities that they may be associated with. As always, this is not financial advice. Remember to do your own research.